Good morning, church. Rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. And uh, I am glad to be here today to be able to share some things with you. Before we get into our uh, sermon, we are, you know, privileged to work in so many parts of the world. And one of the places that we work is uh, in Turkey and uh, with a, uh, a family there. And we are not putting them on uh, live stream, but they are actually in our other assembly. So I want to ask all the, the elders that are in that assembly to gather up around that family. And we're going to have a special uh, prayer for them. Uh, you know, uh, some parts of the world are a little more dangerous than others in, uh, in what we do in mission work. And uh, in One Kingdom, uh, matter of fact, October 3rd will be our One Kingdom special Sunday where all of donations will go toward our mission efforts. And in One Kingdom, we uh, uh, it's been such an honor to partner with people all over the world. Uh, this was a dream this church had years and years ago when basically the very first time I came to this church, I heard one of the leaders get up and say, we want to take the gospel to every man in his own language in our generation. And so we're going to, we're, we're, we're working on that. We're going to keep working on it. And so uh, if you get a chance, be sure and meet this family, uh, and they'll kind of be uh, in the back after services meeting folks. And, uh, we're going to be having a very special prayer. I'm going to say a prayer over them. The elders are laying hands on them in the other assembly at this time. And just uh, grateful for how God uses people all over the world in ways that uh, sometimes we can't even talk about. And yet God's doing great things. So, so let's have a special prayer. Father, you know that uh, we are so honored that in all of our brokenness you've brought us together into this thing called family and a church. And you allow us to partner with people around the world. And for this uh, sweet family that we work with in, in Turkey, we ask that you continue to be with them as they uh, share, Father, the good news of Jesus to, to many who have never heard the name of Jesus. And, and sometimes in very tough and hard situations. Father, we not only pray a very special prayer for this family, we pray a special prayer for the brothers and sisters in Afghanistan right now. The church there, Father, is uh, under just under so much pressure and tough situations. So we pray for them to have strength. And we pray that through the events of the world, no matter how bad they look, that we understand that you keep working and that the kingdom will advance mightily through people and families like this who are willing to serve you, Father, with all their heart in different parts of the world. Thank you, Father, for our partnership that we have in missions through One Kingdom. And I'm grateful, Father, that we, uh, well, we just get to share the good news that healed our own lives with so many. In Jesus' name, we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Daniel, where's my scripture reader at? Daniel, come on up. Here you go, Daniel. Daniel uh, is a sophomore 
loves doing things with the youth group, I understand. Yes. Sports. Yes, sir. Track. Yes. You know, if you see me running, somebody's chasing me. Uh, but uh, uh, but uh, I appreciate it. I love to watch track. Baseball, which, hey, I'm on board right there. Uh, it, it, and it says in my notes, I guess somebody's asking you or your mom or somebody, you, you have a newfound love for country music? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. No, that's a good thing yeah, with me. That's yeah. a positive thing. Okay, I don't good, know about yeah. other people. Okay. Uh, but, uh, uh, man, just glad to have you, uh, to be able to read our scripture. He, by the way, also is always a very ready and willing to do relief ministry, which, Daniel, we may be getting ready to do some oh, of that, yeah. you know, with the hurricane coming in. And so, appreciate his, always, his willingness to serve. And so, uh, thankful that you're willing to share the scripture with us today. So, if you would, please. All right. Romans 16, uh, chapter 16, 16 says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. And then Romans 19 through 20 says, Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Romans chapter 16. Turn your Bibles there. We're going to wrap up this book uh, that we've been in. And I'll tell you what, it's been a great study in Romans. And um, <clears throat> uh, I do appreciate and just want to say thank you again. I feel like saying thank you is inadequate uh, for so many, uh, not only here locally, but our live stream people around the world that have uh, sent me notes while I have uh, battled COVID and while I was there at the house. And uh I kind of felt, I feel a little bad that I wasn't, that I didn't feel bad, uh, you know, because I know a lot of people struggled and they felt bad and I did not have a, a hard, uh, difficult time. And, but, uh, but just to tell you how strong family is and what it means, I'm so humbled. Uh, one of the brothers, uh, that, uh, Robert and I know from, uh, India work that, uh, we work with over there, John Lee and his family, he sent me a note. Uh, one particular day and said, this day, my, this is in India, this day my family is fasting and praying for you today. And I felt like, wow, you know, because even in my sickest moments and situations, I live in such a wealthy uh, 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 world here, and yet they're in India battling all kinds of things every day. Uh, along as well as with the pandemic and feeding people as some, you saw on some of the slides. And, uh, I was just so blessed. Uh, one of the brothers from Nepal has sent me a message. And, uh, but now one of the best, uh, uh, best notes, uh, letter I got. Let's put that up on the screen, guys. I got this one. And this one, uh, was from, uh, uh Sullivan Stokes and, and, uh, she said, Dear Mr. Mike, I hope you get well soon. I will pray for you tonight. We miss you doing serve. I think services is what she was meant. Just always remember, you are loved. Thank you, Sullivan, for that note. And uh, yeah, give her a hand. Thank you, Sullivan. You've now become my favorite uh, Stokes uh, by far. And so I just want you to know that. Uh, but it is great, isn't it, to have people that think about you, to know that you're thought of. That's a very valuable, encouraging thing to when someone can call you by name and write you a note or can 
give you a phone call. Those things are very, very valuable. Uh, and so I think sometimes we forget about that. But that had to be a part of what Paul was thinking when he wrote this last chapter. But he's written all this great stuff about the gospel and about being saved by faith and about living holy and that we're more than conquerors and, and that God's ruling the world and he's got it under control and that, and that uh, we've got all, all this victory uh, and that he teaches how to live in chapter Uh, and he gets all of a sudden to the very end here, and he gives all these greetings. Now, I think sometimes there's a tendency for us, when we get to a chapter like this, just to kind of like forget like this chapter didn't exist. You know, like the end of the book was chapter 15. But look, the Holy Spirit left the names of these people on purpose in the Bible. And so, uh, as messed up as I might make of these names, we're going to read them out loud. Uh, if the Holy Spirit thought it was worth leaving them there, we're going to read them. What did Paul have in mind here when he wrote this chapter? Because uh, we're going to see that uh, this forever family that we talk about, this need to be connected, or as we're saying right now with our small groups, get reconnected, how powerful of a thing that is. Especially during a time like we have just are experiencing right now when uh, it's difficult to be with people. Uh, because of the, because of health issues and other things, there's a challenge there. And yet, we've had to, we've battled this so long, it's real easy to get, uh, just to get disconnected from the family of God. And we are made for each other. We belong to one another. I love that, the, uh, Gary, when, when he did the Lord's Supper in the, uh, uh, other room earlier today, he mentioned the fact that we belong. We don't belong for anything we did, but because of Jesus, we belong to God and we belong to one another. That's going to be very, very important. So look at uh, look at what he says here uh, in chapter 16. Let's do a little bit of reading. The first thing he's going to do, he's going to talk about this community that welcomes and greets one another. Uh, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Sincrea. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me. So the first thing Paul does is he commends someone that's been close to him, that's helped him. Uh, yes, she's called a deacon. Don't get too fired up about that, you know, okay? Uh, that's just what, that's what she's called. Why? Because the work and help she was doing in serving God. It's just a servant. And she was a servant of the church there. And, and God used her mightily to help Paul as, as well as a lot of other people. Then look what he says. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. Remember, we learned a little bit about them in the, in the book of Acts, right? Uh, my fellow workers, partners in Christ Jesus, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. So this community of people that are meeting at different houses with different folks are, are people that he's partnered with and their family. And they have a connection with each other. And I love the fact that what he says here, they risk their lives. Can you imagine how you would feel towards someone that they risk their life for you? Yet there, there are people in the world, they're risking their lives to share the gospel to the next person. They're risking their lives for that. I don't ever want to forget the persecuted church. 
And these folks had that kind of commitment. These are the kind of people you, you can go to war with, right? These are the kind you're like, okay, we're, we're on the same team. And they had a house church. They had a community of believers that, that, that they worked with. Uh, uh, and by the way, this is so important. Uh, uh, I love the fact that, that, that we do have a building. We have a place to meet and do all the different things we do because we use this thing every day of the week. But uh, look, there may be a time in this world where we don't have a building. There may be a time when we have to have house churches all over the world and all over our community and keep the kingdom going. And that's an okay thing. All right. That's how this whole thing got started, by the way, was groups in people's houses and sharing the good news to their neighbors. And so he says, greet them. Greet my dear uh, Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Uh, I was trying to think if I remember the first, my first convert. I, uh, I, I, I don't remember his name, but I remember the first one I baptized. And it, it was, uh, you know, it was, a, I did terrible. He grabbed hold of the front of the glass. I'm holding him under. He's bubbling. I've like, got to do it again. You know, all this kind of stuff. You know, my, I, I didn't know. And I, but I did know I was church Christ. You get all, bo- you got to get all body parts under the water at the same time. And so, you know, I forced him twice. And so, uh, uh, but my first convert, I, I do remember young converts, uh, in, uh, when I was the youth minister and what's happened to them now. I was thinking about this as I was reading this greetings because I was thinking about people partner with in the ministry now and we'll work every day with and I was thinking about David Bromley and remember I remember when he was converted I remember when he was first converted I remember when Karen was dating him and I was a little bit worried about that I remember saying Karen you're going to have to convert him or cull him by the way teenage girls if you're you're, uh, dating some guy and he's not in the Lord you got to convert him or cull him you can't stay into that thing too long right so uh, but uh, but early ones and Paul acknowledges that this was first there in Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Those are the characteristics. Greet Andronicus and Junius, my relatives, who have been in prison with me. These people have been suffering in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. The apostles there were just people who were sent out. That's all the word means. Wasn't necessarily talking about the twelve apostles that we typically refer to. Just sent out people for the kingdom. Uh, greet uh, Ampliatus, uh, whom I love in the Lord. By the way, several of these he says they are beloved or loved or worked hard. Greet Urbanus and our fellow worker in Christ and my dear friend Stachus. Greet Apellus, tested and approved in Christ. Wouldn't you love to have somebody write a letter and put your name in and say, That guy there, tested and approved in Christ. See, write down old Chad Johnson, greet him. He's tested and approved in Christ. I could write that. Greet that guy. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. I hope Aristus will forgive me for that, however I said his name. Greet Herodian, my relative. Greet those in the household of Narcissus. Maybe it's Narcissus. I'm not sure. But, you know, because just when you say Narcissus, it just doesn't sound right, does it? But greet him, uh, and who are in the Lord. Greet Trophina and Trophosis, these women who worked hard. They had to be twins. You can't know, have names like that and not be twins, right? Uh, greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother. And look what he says about his mother. 
who was a mother to me too. Have you ever had those women in your life? Maybe you lost your mom and that person stepped in. They were a mother to you. They had that kind of relationship. What a blessing. Greet Ansecritus, Phlegion, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nurus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints with them. Greet one another with a what? A holy kiss. All the assemblies of Christ send their greetings. I always go into the uh, booth there, uh, say a few words to the live stream folks right before we get started in here. And so I went in there and they're welcoming me back. And of course, you know, because like, you know, you, you've had COVID, so you've been off limits. Don't, you know, touch, look at, breathe on anybody type thing. And so, uh, and, uh, and, and, and I, I, I tried to respect that best I could, but when I walked in there and Chris Howard and Grant uh, Taylor were hosting the live stream, uh, I had to just step right up there and I just kissed Grant right on the cheek. And uh, I greeted him with a holy kiss. Brother, I'm just practicing the Bible, by the way, wherever you are, I, you know, and uh, all he could do was kind of back up and say, coming in hot. That's, you know, that's what he said. <laughs> This greeting of these people, what's he saying? Look, he's saying these partners, these risk takers, these deacons, these households, these friends, people that have been approved in the Lord, they're family. We say around here, we are forever family. That's what they were. It's not about going to a church with a name on the outside of the building. It's not about experiencing religion. Christianity is about family. The gospel that this whole book has developed and took us through, Romans, was about how we're saved by the gospel, by God's grace, and it brings us into a family. It even teaches us how to get along together as a family. It's important that we know we are a part of a family. I partner in the Lord with family members every day. In our one kingdom, I partner with Kyle and, and his wife Brandy, with Derek and Christina, with Beverly and Danny, uh, Dobbs, man, what great, with Robert and Kathy Abel. So I get to partner with these guys in the kingdom. By the way, Robert, I was, you know, he, he, Robert and I are the older ones, so, uh, 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 we're a little bit more old school. So when somebody kind of get hurts or water, you know, uh, a little bit, you know, Robert always says, rub some dirt on it. So, uh, I've, I've said that Robert uh, Abels, I refer to him as rub some dirt on the hurt Abels. That's, uh, uh, I love having family. Do you know what an honor it is? Every video you see up here that's trying to communicate the need to people, that there's somebody behind the scenes like Kyle that's putting that all together that he's never up here on stage, you're not seeing, you may not recognize him, and yet that's happening and impacting people for the kingdom. I get to partner with people like that. That's such an honor that in all my brokenness and all my mess, God put me in a family. 
we're kin. And I always say blood kin, right? Because of Jesus. We're in a family. So when people have a problem, family comes to the rescue. I can't tell you the number of people just from our live stream family that sent me so many encouraging notes and messages this last couple of weeks. Family. When somebody loses somebody, who's there? Who walks down the journey with you? Family. So it's right that we greet one another. Now their custom of greeting with a holy kiss basically says, look, this touch says we belong to one another. You cannot live and function in a virtual world without the touch and connection of human beings. I love what our live stream does, and I feel connected to a lot of those people, even though I can't physically get to them. At the same time, we we need uh, we need those house churches developing among our live stream community. You guys in live stream, find out where each other are and get together. You need one another. Even during a pandemic, even in during sickness, even in these things that I think sometimes feel risky. We're not going to not practice hospitality and taking care of one another because of a, of a disease or a sickness that comes on this world. We're just not going to do it. We're going to take care of each other. And sometimes people even risk their lives to make it happen. And you know, I think about these first responders and people in the hospital uh, units and risking their life to treat people that are sick every day. So that kingdom people ought to be about that with other kingdom people. Family. I love the fact that we have a group of folks just called greeters out front to make people feel welcome when they walk in these doors. We want you to belong. We don't want you just to attend church. We want you to be a part of a family. We tend sometimes to lose this during a challenging time like we've we've had. We can't lose touch. If you miss somebody... That you normally sit by and they're not here. Give them, a, give them a phone call. Send them a message. Go knock on their door. Write a card. I got cards in the mail. This is people I took time to handwrite and put a card. It, it means a lot to know that somebody thought about you. God put us in a family. Paul Mentioned these people. Some of these people are never mentioned ever again in the Bible. But their name made it in the Bible. The Holy Spirit said, I want to put their name in here. Simply because they were approved and worked hard for God. That's it. You are valuable. Your name may not made the Bible. But your name made the one that's the better book even than the Bible. What's that? Book of life. That the Bible teaches us how to have. Your name's there. Learn each other's names. I have a hard time with names sometimes. And, uh, you know, and so uh, that's why, of course, that's why I love. And look, I think Paul did too, because I saw a couple of times in there where he said, and the brothers and the sisters. I use brothers and sisters a lot, you know. That's a good thing, right? We're family. And I'm trying to learn. I want to do better about that. But look, we need to have people we're connected to. You want to talk to somebody? You want them to remember who you are? Use their name. It tells you that you're valuable to them. 
Then he comes up with this next thing that's pretty interesting, he says here. Not only does he have this community that's welcoming, but then he gives this community warning. At the end of the book, he warns them of something. He says, I urge you, brothers, to watch out. Here's a command. Watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. What have they just learned? The, the story of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, and how it saves you and makes you holy and teaches you how to get along with folks. That's what the book of Romans was. It's a message of grace and assurance. He said, that God, that, that which you've learned. Watch out for people. Keep away from them. Don't out, don't try to out-argue them. Don't try to out-finesse them. Here's what you do with these kind of people. You stay away. Isn't that funny? An answer to division was division. You find somebody, you watch out, and when you see them causing division, get away from them. Avoid them. Don't engage them. Avoid them. Why? Because look, look at the next verse. For such people are not serving our Lord Jesus or our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Here's, here's their characteristics. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. You get it? By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Now, this is a hard verse to practice. You know why? Because good-hearted people always think that I can... Well, if I just engage them one more time, I could get them to understand. If I could just talk to them one more time and they know my heart, well, I could get them to the right spot. And, and yet it works out just the opposite because they're moving you. And that's why Paul said, the Holy Spirit said... God said in the Bible, got it? It's not the preacher saying it. It's not Mike Keller saying it. God said it. You stay away from these kind of people who with flattering talk are pleasing their own appetite. Don't you do it. Don't you have anything to do with them? Because if you don't think it will cause division, then I'll I'll tell you what, you'll find out real quick. Everyone has heard about your obedience. Look what he says. Here's another reason he said, stay away from these people. He said, look, then he reminds them, you're known for your faith. Everyone's heard about your obedience. Watching this. So I'm full of joy over you. He said, look, man, you, you, kind of, you can become famous. People know about your faith. They've heard of your obedience. I'm excited for you. That fills me with joy for people to, for that to be recognized. So I'm full of joy over you. But I want you to do what? Be wise about what is good and be innocent about what is evil. People who cause division take advantage of naive people. The gospel's never enough. They're going to teach you something greater that you haven't learned when Paul told these Romans, look, you trust what you've learned about the gospel. That's where you stay. That's where you put your faith in. The story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Don't you let anybody get you off that. Keep the main thing, the main thing. The main thing's the story of Jesus. 
So when they come with the flattering words, somehow or another, that, that they're going to enlighten you more. So you be wise about what's good. You know what's good? The story of God, the story of Jesus. And you be innocent about what's evil. So what do you do? You just avoid them. You can love, you can be friendly, you can be nice. But you don't engage in people who cause division among the body of Christ. So he gives a community welcoming, value people, do all these things. And he names these people that they're valuable in the family. We are forever family. And basically he says, look, we're up in a forever family and don't you let anybody mess with your family. You know, me and my brothers, we could fight and argue and, 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 and slap each other around, do whatever. But that was one thing. But now when you attack my family, that's something else. Right? Paul says, don't, don't let anybody mess with the family. Here's my family. I love them. They're doing some great things. They're facing. Don't you let somebody come in and mess with the family. Then look what he says about this. The God of peace. Here's why he says, hang on. The God of peace is going to do something. He will crush Satan under your feet. I think this is the only place he actually, in the book of Romans, mentions Satan. He'll crush Satan. And you, the victory is yours. It's there. And the grace of our Lord Jesus will be with you. So look, you've got, you've got a family. You've got grace. You've got peace. You've got the gospel. That's, that's what you put your confidence in. And don't let anybody come in and try to take that away from you. He mentions a few others in the greetings. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends his greetings to you. So does Lucius, Jacius, uh, Sisipater, and my relatives. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, Paul's scribe or secretary, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. We get to stay at this guy's house. He's been taking care of us. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, uh, probably a pretty important guy there in the community, and our brother Quartus will send you their greetings. Now, if you'll notice, if you're looking out of the NIV, you'll notice there's not a verse 24. Some manuscripts have, because I think when we deal with Scripture, well, we ought to be honest with it, right? Uh, most, uh, man, a lot of manuscripts don't have verse 24 written in them. Some of them do. So the NIV chose to leave it out, but they put a footnote in it. And it's basically verse 24 says in some of the versions, May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. So basically it's a, a statement of grace that he's already actually made a few verses before. So nothing's lost or added by the verse. I just wanted you to be aware of it. Sometimes someone's reading down and they're like, wait a minute. There's not a verse there. It's not verse 24. How come it skipped? They can't, they can't count? You know, I mean, uh, but that, so that's the reason for that. All right. Then he says this. He gives kind of a community worship or praise or typically referred to as a doxology. Here's what he says. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel. Now let's stop and look at that first part of this sentence. Now to him who is able to establish you. This word establish is the word sterizo in the Greek. 
Here's what it means. It's where we get our word steroid. It's that injection of strength. And so what he's saying is, he's saying, now to, to him who's able to give you that kind of strength, he infuses that kind of strength into you. It makes you firm and strong. And he does it, he says, by the gospel. The story of the death, burial, and resurrection. He says, and the proclamation of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past. But now what? Now it's revealed. The curtain's been pulled back. And made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God so that all nations, Jew and Gentile, he has emphasized this the whole time in the book, might believe and obey him to the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. So look, in this last little section here, he ends the book the way he begins it. In Romans chapter 116, I'm not ashamed of the what? Are you out there? I'm not ashamed of what? The gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the what? Power of God and the salvation. For everyone who believes, Jew first and also the Greek. For within it, for in the gospel, a righteousness is revealed. The curtain is pulled back and reveals something about God and how he's righteous. And this was written a long time ago by the prophets. And he quotes one of them. And he says, the just shall live by faith. Now he turns right around and rewords that, those verses again at the very end of the book. You've got my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus. It was written about a long time ago in the prophets. And now it's been revealed and shows how great and eternal God is. And so he gets the glory and honor. And God's going to strengthen you through this good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So it really wraps up the book. The gospel. I think we say it so often, it's real easy to get familiar with it and lose how powerful it is. It shows how God was right and how he saves me in my brokenness. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans, right? 118 through 321. We've all sinned. 321 through chapter 521. But we're saved by that Abraham kind of faith. We're justified by that faith. And our sin is taken care of even though we didn't, he died for us even when we didn't care. He died for us. And because of that, we have access and we have hope and we grow. So it says, you don't take this grace for granted. You don't, you don't continue in sin that grace may abound, chapter 6 through 8. No, you live holy. You remember your baptism? You said, when I reacted, reenacted the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, I said, I'm, I'm following a new master now. I'm no longer a slave. This slave doesn't reign and rule my life anymore. God rules my life. Oh, yeah, I still struggle and battle. And the things I want to do, I, I don't do. And things I don't want to do, I do. That's what he said in chapter 7, right? But, oh, wretched man that I am, but thanks be to God for his grace. And now we, now we understand we're under this law, something that's different, Romans 8. There's now no condemnation. No, no. 
There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For, for Christ Jesus, He set us free from the law of sin and death, the spirit of life that we have now. And we're more than conquerors, and nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are co-heirs with Jesus. And we don't have to worry about how God rules because He takes clay and uses it however He chooses to. He's sovereign and He has our best interests at heart. And He forms the church, an Israel within an Israel. And it says, now as a church, here's how you live, chapter 12. You live a transformed life. You live loving one another. You live tree, even loving your enemies. You learn how to live, chapter 13, in the community that you live in as good citizens. You owe no man anything but the loving. In chapter 14 and 15, you accept one another. Even if you have differences because of your background and your religion, your traditions that you come out of, you learn how to love one another and support one another. In chapter 16, here's your family. Greet these people. Don't let anybody destroy the family that you've gotten through the gospel. And I want to remind you of it one more time in this doxology. Because God gets the glory and praise. And the gospel gives you strength. Are you missing family? Are you sitting here saying, man, I wish I belonged to something because I feel like I'm out all by myself. You find that. You find that in Christ. Have you forgotten what our church family has done for us? Have I forgotten what they've done for me? Someone asked me one time, so, well, Mike, I mean, what would it take for you to leave that place? Leave Watchfair Road? Are you kidding? I mean, you can run me off and I keep coming back, right? I love this church with all my heart. This church gave me my wife. I moved here single. She was the church secretary. I'm the preacher that ran off with the church secretary. They just gave me my kids. My kids are born here. You help raise them and put the gospel in my children. You help me in all my brokenness and mess and allow me to work in ministry with your own kids. When I did youth ministry all those years. The school that was here at the time gave me my Bible. Taught me how to study. To be open. Taught me, Bill Smith taught me about grace. That I could know I'm saved. Praise God for that. Amen. And that was the book of Romans. I hate to tell you. You ain't running me off. Now you might send me out. And if I need to go somewhere to preach the gospel somewhere. Hey, I'm ready to roll. This church takes up money for people that can't pay their bills. This church feeds hungry people that go unfed if we don't do it. This church gets out with chainsaws and cuts trees off people's houses. That's what family does. 
Don't ever forget what God has done for you through the family that he's put you around. Don't ever forget to appreciate that. And be grateful for the body that we have. He's rescued us out of addictions. He's rescued us out of alcohol, drugs. The testimonies that come out of this place are unbelievable. How God has brought about change in people's lives. We need to make sure. You listening? As we wrap this up, listen. We need to make sure that we are not consumers of religion. But that we are a community of disciples. We are a forever family that is strengthened by the gospel, partners in the gospel, protectors of the gospel, proclaimers of the gospel. For it is the power of God and the salvation for all mankind. And that's what White's Ferry Road is all about. Amen. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want to be a part of that family, then respond at this invitation. Come forward, be baptized into Christ. If you want to get reconnected and get back into the family, then that's what our invitation is for. We'll walk every journey with you. I'm telling you, there's always a worse story around here than the one you got. We'll walk it together. If you have a need, would you come while together we stand and sing?